John chapter 1. If we can just look at John chapter 1, please, once again. Look at John chapter 1. It is the scripture that is used continuously. And some might even say, what else can you tell me about John chapter 1? And I tell you what, if you look at it, you know, Pastor Thama used to say, you need to look at scripture. And my looking at scripture was just reading and hoping something will come alive in that. But in those past two weeks, I have been looking at this. I will go and, and read something else, but I will come back and look at this. John chapter 1. In the introduction, we are told that John is the only apostle that talks about Jesus from his eternal position. It doesn't speak, it doesn't begin with his genealogy on the earth. He gives us his eternal position. That has never changed. That will never change. It remains in force. And uh, there is enough scripture that uh, gives us to understand that, that God does not make excuses. He doesn't have to because he doesn't make mistakes. You might find yourself in a position that you can say to yourself, it has become an untenable position. A position that I can no longer make sense of. Things are just not working out the way I thought they should work out. Well, I don't really have a clue of how things were supposed to work out. How did you position yourself? How did you find yourself in that position? But uh, if you have faith in God, God is able to change everything for his glory. There is no suffering that is worthy for a person to die without fulfilling their mandate in God. Not if you love God. There are many questions that we can ask, but the reality is, if you ask man's opinion, they will give you a thousand opinions, and you still not find value in your question, or answers to that question that is burning deep inside of you. But when you will ask God Almighty, He is able to speak directly to you. Yes, somebody else can come and, uh, and validate that word, but I cannot trust your word except I have heard from God Himself first. When that man will come or that woman will come and speak, all they need to do is just make uh, the baby to leap in your spirit. Why? Because you're already pregnant. You already know the purpose that God has called you to. And so John chapter 1 verse 2, it says, The same was in the beginning with God. The same that came as the word. And when the word comes, if it does not become a rhema, then it remains just a closed book. Unless the word begins to take on flesh, 
We cannot assimilate it in our own time on the earth. Verse 3, he says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That includes you. Everything was made by him. It was made for him. It was made for his glory. And you are part of that thing that he made. If you are facing challenges today, it could be that you are either at a threshold of your breakthrough or you are not placed where he has placed you. And only you can answer that question. Are you where God has placed you or you, are, or you, you know that you are about to break through in this year? The enemy is there to raise up a storm around you to cloud your thinking or you are well placed because your prayer life is in alignment with the word of God. Because I must believe that all things were made by him and without him, nothing can exist on the earth. And so if I live and move and have my being in him, I must know that I am tethered by his word. I, my perimeter or my uh, uh, movements are guided by his word. Watch this. Verse 6. He says there was a man, a saint from God, whose name was John. I found that very intriguing. In the past, God spoke by his prophets. He spoke by... Um, uh, those that uh, he sent uh, to lead. And uh, he spoke uh, through the prophets, and spoke uh, if, uh, to our forefathers through the prophets. Not to say uh, uh, prophets uh, do not exist today, but the prophets that we have today, they are there to pave the way to... Uh, prophets, they go ahead. The word for those that go ahead is karuks. Caruso is the doing of the proclaiming of the good news. Or, not the good news per se, because we are already in Christ, but it is the proclaiming of what is coming ahead. What is ahead but actually is what we need to pick up on what we need to follow on, those things that God wants his church because uh, there is a, a big, huge turnaround in the church. If you do not understand that we are in a place where either God remains God or then uh, the, uh, uh, the, the media and the Antichrist then have an upper hand. It is up to the church. It is the only the church, the ecclesia of God that has the authority to arrest every spirit, every erroneous spirit that will try and usurp the power and the authority of the church. The church has been silenced 
by coronavirus. Simply because we, the church, had come to follow the, 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 the fashion. We had come to boast about the things that we have. How God has blessed me. And I wonder how then have you become a blessing to those that are around you. We have found many people, some I know personally, who have said, I do not need to go to church. I can sit at home and I can pray. Some say, I don't need this God of yours because I can provide for myself. There is in the book of Luke, I think it's chapter 16, where there is a conversation with a rich man and Father Abraham. It is a very sad story because there comes a time when Lazarus dies and he goes and sits in Father Abraham's bosom. Oh, who died first? Was a rich man that died first? Was it the rich man that died first? And then Lazarus, anyway, you you will find it. Whichever one, but anyway, Lazarus comes. He finds that this man is in torment. Or this man knows about the coming of Lazarus. And he says to Father Abraham, I find myself in a very sticky place. But on the earth, I have five brothers. Would you please... Send Lazarus to go and minister to my brothers on the earth. Father Abraham gives him a long story. He says, son, there is such a big divide between us. Those that are on this side can't go to the other side. Those that are on the other side can't come to this side here. You have made your choice. The rich man says, no, there has to be a plan. The plan must be that uh, if one comes from the dead, maybe they will hear him because he has the experience. And Abraham says, when they are dead, they are dead. They can no longer do the work. He says, because the reality, listen, this is an allegorically story. Because he says, uh, they had Moses from the foundations of the earth. They had Moses who spoke about the law of God. They all know because in Jeremiah, God says, uh, I no longer have to even send a man to go and preach to them. Because I write my laws upon their, their hearts. They already know. They already know my word. Uh, uh, The writer of the book of Romans, he further argues about the necessity of a a caruso, the preacher, the proclaimer, the one that uh, goes before. He says uh, to to the rich man, if they did not hear my messengers, 
it don't matter to them. It don't matter to them. Today, the word of God is saying to you and I, open your ears to hear while your hearing is available to you. Let's look at John chapter 10, uh, uh, Romans chapter 10. There is a big responsibility to the preachers. We carry a tremendous responsibility. I am telling you, if I had my way, I would not be in this position. Because there's a huge responsibility of preaching the purity of God's word. Because outside of God's word, it's my own thoughts. And my own thoughts that could hijack you and take you away from God's position for you. We can be very persuasive how we present the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if we do present it in error, many generations can be destroyed. So, it is of absolute necessity that you pray for your pastor because he doesn't know it all. He can only speak when he hears. And if his hearing is shut, his heart is gone gross or gross, gross, hard in other words. If he's been famous, then he's going to start creating tricks in the church. There are things that are, are authentic in the church that have been captured by the enemy have become the curse to the church. Because prophecy is so directional the enemy has captured prophecy. If you don't believe me, watch the American elections. There is a big tussle. Is God, has God spoken? Did the speaker by Kim Clements many years ago, did he not say Trump will have uh, two terms? What are the prophets saying today? Some of them, I believe, they have withdrawn their prophetic utterances. Sorry, we were wrong. But there are some that says, I know God spoke. And so I stand by that word. If I have to be crucified for that word, so be it. But I stand by God's word. Trump will have two terms. Right now, it doesn't look like it. But who cares what it looks like? I was saying this morning that when Jesus said we're going to the other side and there was a storm that rose in the middle of the lake, what did they say? Where are you, Lord? How come we are perishing while you spoke the word? For them, they didn't even realize that God or Jesus said we are going to the other side. They, uh, even when uh, Moses was leading them in the desert, uh, they said, was there not enough grave in, in uh, Egypt? 
You prophesied that you are taking us to the land of milk and honey, but we are suffering in the midst here. Maybe we should just turn back. And that is what some of the prophets are busy saying. We are going to turn back because the word you gave us doesn't seem like it's coming through. Oh my God, they haven't, they haven't waited the time when God says, I am never too early, but I am never late. I am always on time because I am God. I place kings and I take down kings. And there is nobody that can serve God without experiencing their own trials. You cannot uh, uh, fancy fully walk around like a white horse and think, okay, I control the scenery. No, baby. Yeah, there's a time when God is going to break you because when, uh, if it doesn't break you, you will become a self-made person. You think you know it all. So it's easier just to say, Lord, I give up. So listen to what the preacher's got to do. Uh, 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 Romans 10 verse 12 says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. God's mercy, God's love is rich upon all that will call upon him. He says, I do not discriminate. It doesn't matter what nation you are born in. It doesn't matter what's your coloration. I don't look at that. I look at the heart that I placed inside of you. And if that heart knows its creator, call upon me and I will save you. And verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then here comes the position of Karuks. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him whom they have not heard about? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You can't tell me that you can sit at home and know what God is saying in the season that we are in. You have to hear the voice of a man. Why? Because John tells us uh, there was a man that God sent who was from God. We call it the Word becoming flesh. God shows us the need for a human agency in the midst of men. And if God has put his spirit inside of you, you fall into that category. How can those that are around you know how to call upon the name of Jesus when nobody has told them about Jesus? How can they believe on him whom they have never heard anything about? But you are there because in the beginning, in John chapter 1, it says the life of of Jesus was a light of men. 
And the light must shine not from the darkness, but it says the light shines in the darkness. In the darkness. The light must shine. You know that darkness cannot understand it. Nor can it withstand the light of God. It can jump around and do everything and say all manner of things. But I tell you, the light of God that gives life to everything. You know that nothing ever grows in darkness. You know that. Everything that must grow must be exposed to light. And you need to know for yourself that I carry the light of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I, I, am, I have been impregnated by the word of the living God. I will not shy away from that reality. And, uh, and uh, verse 15 it says, uh, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace. Ha! The sent ones only know how to preach the gospel of peace. Some believe in praying, in preaching about hell, brimstone, and fire. But my Bible tells me a preacher ought to delight himself in the peace of God. Because when his spirit is covered in the peace of God, the peace of God is more attractive than the fear of hell. Don't make me fear hell because I might survive another 30 years and by that time the fear of hell has worn off. But if you allow me to experience the peace of God, I know when I walk out of peace that I'm out of step with God. But when hell doesn't come and consume me in the time that you frightened me, I am likely just to go back in my habits. But when I imbibe the peace of God, I wear the peace of God. My feet are shod with the gospel of peace. I have the breastplate of righteousness. I have the belt of truth around me. I remain the epitome of Christ-centered life. You have to take this on board, church. You cannot just go and meander as a believer that now and again you will come and dip your toes in Christ. You have to live this year. It has to become part and parcel of your life. Once I was doing a work in a preacher's home and I, I did know that I had this habit I whistle the, uh, the songs because I ha don't have a singing voice. And so I whistle. And the woman comes to me. She says, I see you have this habit of singing. But it was not a complimentary um, uh, comment. It was like you are irritating me. 
I became conscious of my irritation with this humming and whistling. I think for a while I learned to shut it. But I began to realize as I got to know the couple that they had issues in their marriage. They're no longer married today. When you are a proclaimer of the good news and yet your lifestyle is contrary to the proclaimer that you say you are, then there is contradiction. You cannot, the word says, a spring cannot produce both bitter water and sweet water. It is either based in the fountain of life or it is in a polluted river where the fish cannot live. Paul makes deep arguments for the Jew. He's still speaking about the Jew. I'm telling you, the whole book of Romans speaking about the Jew. And then he will come with a nice whip for the Gentiles. He says, don't you ever dare and think you can uh, say anything against a Jew because it is a Jew in which you have been grafted in, but you have been placed there that you must allow the faith of God inside of you to rise to such a level that you stir them to jealousy. And some of you, right now, you are busy stirring the religious spirits. I am telling you, the church of Jesus Christ has regressed. They are no more progressing and pursuing Christ. They are pursuing the toys that he gives them. And so the church has fallen into slumber. And as I say to you, while men slept, the enemy came and planted the tears. And the word tells us that the wheat and the tears grew together. You could not make out the difference. It is only at harvest time that you will see the difference. The wheat will bow in humility while the tears will stand up in pride. That is the only time the, 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 the husbandman says, I will send my angels who will then bring in the harvest. But that which is, has been standing in pride will be taken and burnt. And yet it might seem contradictory to what uh, Jesus said. He said, uh, God is not pleased that any should perish, but that all should come into salvation. It is open. It is open. The door is not shut to no man. We shut it when we choose to be disobedient. It's a choice we make. Some have made the choices out of ignorance simply because we have not had an ear to hear. 
For in hearing they hear, but they hear nothing. In seeing they see, but they see nothing. Let's read on. It's a choice. While uh, the word is being proclaimed, you're looking at time. He's gone over time already. And then you're starting to taste uh, your midday meal. You are not hearing the bread of life that will satisfy you far better than the steak you're going to have later on. Amen? Amen. Verse 18. I'm closing with that. I'll read to 21. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, surely. The sound is quoting Psalm 19. He says, their sound went out into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. What is the sound? The sound of the word that we preach. It's not restricted to these walls. We proclaim and we send out the sound of the Holy Spirit who is able to touch those that are saying, Lord, I am stuck in this place. Would you send reinforcements for me? And God is able to do that. Open your heart, open your ears and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. But uh, verse uh, 20 says, But Isaiah is very bold in saying, I was found of them that did not seek me. I was made visible to them that did not ask after me. 21, he says, But to Israel, to the religious spirits I'm talking about, to the religious spirits, all day long I have stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people. Gainsaying, I had to look at this. I mean, gainsaying. How many understand what gainsaying is? What does it mean? Backstabbers. Backstabbers. For they hear my word and then they go and say something else on the other side. For I preach my heart out and you go there and you say, do you know what he was talking about? I never heard a thing what he was saying. I wish he'd just give room to somebody else. I don't know, I'm just saying that. I don't, oh no, not you guys. You guys don't say that. I'm talking to those guys that uh, will be listening to, hey, you guys, you better watch it, eh? But the word of God is so true. It's always on time. You are here by his divine appointment. Because he doesn't want any should perish. That's why you are here. He wants to change. I couldn't care how well off you are. Riches are temporary. But life is eternal. It's eternal. Oh, yes, we need the bucks. We all need it. All, everybody. Don't tell me you want to be as poor as a church mouse. As Tim Story used to say, the church got itself so poor that even the rats ran out of the church. 
Hmm? You don't want to find yourself in that place. Huh? We're supposed to be the blessings, the blessers. And now we go out there handing, uh, looking for a handout. I walked with a man in Mutu once, uh, and he said to me, Henry, you know, things are so bad. I've had to employ preachers to become Bowser boys. They've got no money. The church has got no money. And I'm thinking, Lord, if it's your servant that you called, how does that preacher see himself when he's uh, pumping petrol? Does he say, Lord, I thank you that you have provided my daily bread? Or does he see this year as, uh, God, you have dropped me? See now, after you called me, you know I was well off one day. You called me into the ministry. See what you are busy doing to me? Oh, it is Lord. Whatever lesson that I need to learn from here, teach me how to live for you. Because when I know that I am living for you, you are able to take care of all my needs according to your glory that are placed in Christ Jesus. Because if Jesus is my brother, then we share things equally. There's no winner takes it all. We share equally. Bible says he made himself poor so that we might be rich. And unfortunately, our focus when we are rich, we see a huge bank account. But in my richness, it is being able to uh, dispense of his grace, dispense of his mercy, dispense of his love, uh, because then uh, all those natural things that I need will follow me. I don't have to chase after wealth. Uh, wealth must need to chase after me. But there has to be integrity. That's why I keep saying to you, I have to say it again, know how to handle wealth. If wealth keeps running away from you, you need to say, Lord, I am still an amateur in handling wealth. Teach me how to handle finances. Don't run from it. It's only money. It's called currency. It flows away. It flows. It blesses those down the bottom. So you, you need to know how to pass it on because the pipe that brings water to you always remains wet. It's never dry. As long as you know that you are a channel, you don't want to become a dam where you just want to collect for yourself. Pay attention, church, to words that are written in the Bible. Still wanted to bring in more but I think this will be adequate for the day. God bless you.